You're listening to America's Web Radio. And now time for the Classic Car Show with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber. And this is definitely the classic car show on America's Web Radio. If the classic means old, then you got two old guys, people in here. <laughs> guys. Uh, yeah, Mr. well, Jim. the Brill Cream Kid's gone, so. Gone, gone. Is yeah. that for good or just temporarily well, gone? Well, I think it's just temporarily oh. gone. He's up in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Um, unless he freezes to death out in the... Uh, well, he, he may. It's in the 50s up there. <laughs> That's scary for the, that is for summer. You know, I, I just wonder... Uh, well, I mean, it's not like freezing or anything, so I don't guess it really affects the cars up there in any way. But, no. uh, you know, that, that's that's still a pretty good change. Uh, I I know that you think I'm... I'm a conspiracist or whatever and all that. But, you know, this has been very strange weather. There's no way to say it, you know. And, I, and I'm and i a big Mother Nature supporter that, you know. Hey, uh, but. Look, in the 30s we had the Dust Bowls and, oh yeah. and the drought. I mean, weather changes. Weather changes. I couldn't uh, agree with you more. So. Uh, Planes don't make chemtrails for the fun of it, though. And uh, uh, I, uh, you know, I grew up in a lot of snow, and those people haven't had much snow. So yeah. Who well, knows? It's, 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 I, I don't know. I, I think that, but what has been the number one thing that man has always wanted to be able to do, and that's control weather some way or the other. Yeah. I think we, um, technologically, I don't think that, I don't think that uh, Valerie Jarrett can blow up a tornado in her basement but uh i think if she could she would or other things anyway uh we are we are starting a campaign here in in uh, america's web radio and we have gotten we've started talking to some folks uh in some pretty prominent places and and these are oil and gas and uh, coal uh, industry folks i talked to one yesterday and I didn't mean to sound like an asshole, but it comes across easily with me. And I, I said, you know, I've just been to your website. You've got a dynamite video about the oil industry. And I said, who knows about it? You never put it out that come to our website and look at our dynamite video. Was this API, the American Petroleum Institute? I didn't say that. Uh, okay. But I mean, that- you know, it's like, oh, well, let's, and they 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 couldn't have spent less than a couple of hundred thousand yeah. doing this video, and uh, I, I just I'm amazed, and we got to start telling the story. We've got to get, in my opinion, America's Web Radio's opinion. If we're going to turn the aircraft carrier around in the bathtub, the only answer we've got is our natural resources. Oil, gas, and coal. And apparently and, um, we've got a ton of them. We've got thousands of years from what the geologists say. Uh, you know, there was a time, oh, my God, if we get all the oil, it'll only be 50 years in water. But now they have realized the eras of their way. We've got it. And we are improving daily on our nuclear abilities. 
And so you've got you've got three natural resources, and then you've got uh, well the nukes. And, and then the other thing is you've got people driving less. You, I know there's more cars on the road, but I'm going to get into that in a second too. You have people driving less because of fuel costs, but cars get better gas mileage. Sure, and their maintenance intervals run significantly longer. I remember. I mean, every fall we had to get the summer oil out, <laughs> the 30 weight, put 10 weight in in the winter. Drain the water. Yeah, and put antifreeze in or ethylene glycol. But on top of that, David, on some of the cars we had, we had to put winter weight oil in the gearboxes. Yeah. yeah. Or they wouldn't shift. Yeah. And uh, then, well, you didn't, usually most of those cars, if they're, were mildly tuned you didn't have to change the spark plugs but it it was just thermostat winter thermostat summer thermostat water out ethylene glycol in um motor oil and sometimes transmission or differential fluid you always did that it was like every three thousand miles yeah so from a, a, a point of conserving we're using less, too, besides conserving. I know there's more drivers and a lot more cars on the road today. And I don't know whether you could ever figure out how, uh, how much or percentage of change. The other thing that amazed me is yesterday I was behind, I'm going to say it wasn't an F1 Ford pickup, but it was probably late 50s. That a guy had, had done a little work on, obviously carbureted, and he'd put dual exhausts and maybe Smitty mufflers or glass packs or something on it. And old guy like us. <laughs> Good for him. And I'm sitting at a stop light, and I've got my air conditioning on recirc, meaning I probably only bring in about 10% outside air in. Mm-hmm. And holy smoke, <laughs> he must have had that thing set rich. So lot, yes. lot. You, did you have a little woozy head? Oh yeah, I felt good. You know, nice. I thought I was back in the pits. Hey, let's go the, to the dentist. <laughs> yeah, or how about let's go to the drag strip? But that that kind of thing is amazing. Uh, so, I bet a, you anybody under fifty doesn't know what you're talking about. No, probably not. Uh, and it's it's <laughs> well, I remember in the seventies when we started getting the smog systems and stuff. And you'd get behind cars, uh, or you'd go to England, because England hadn't gotten into the smog as much as we had. And, man, you'd be caught in traffic, and holy smoke, when I was over there. So, I, I want to uh, finish with the, the Yeah, well, no, go thing. ahead. I didn't mean uh, to get you off track, no, but, that's but right, it pertains right. to cars. Yeah. And I was trying to point out how things have changed and how much they've improved. Oh, yeah, oh. And, uh, but, you know, and I want your help, folks. Uh, those that are listening, uh, if you can contribute uh, ideas, time, whatever, uh, thoughts, I'd appreciate it. Just email me, David, at americaswebradio.com. This is the answer. Our natural resources are the answer. Jobs, lower costs at the pump, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. A stronger military, independence from... Uh, the Middle oil. East, uh, yeah. you know, it, 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 the list is just endless of, and and 
you know, these tree huggers, if, if some tree hugger came up to me right now, they'd, they'd probably would, would get into it. You, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, because the safety and the engineering capabilities from strip mining up and down the, the gambit, our government, and, and it's been good. I, I'll be the first to admit, we left some fields where nothing would grow on it from the oil industry and also from the colons. Today, they're better than when they get there. And uh, the Alaskan uh, pipeline has proven a benefit uh, to the animals. Uh, the Canadian pipeline would do exactly the same thing. Folks, we got to be realistic. We got a problem at $17 trillion in debt. And we can come out of it. And interestingly enough, I was talking to an economist friend about this, and, and we're going to have economists on, we're going to have ministers on, we're going to have, you name it, people from the industry on, everything from wellheads to the, to the uh, jackhammers we're going to have on uh, talking about what oil and oil industry and gas industry and coal will do. But the economist was saying, this is it, and... In an amazingly short period of time, relatively speaking, we can be out of debt. We could turn it around. I agree. I agree 100%. But then the government can't control us. Well, and, yeah, the you know, we got to get rid of Obama, folks. That's the first step. He's the one that's closed the tap. It's up to Jim Weber and Steve Ronaldo to open the tap. Well, a brill cream kid already uses brill cream. That's but right. Is that a petroleum? No, no that's probably be. not. No, that's not the one that's from the heart of lanolin. That, that's wild cream oil. It's a, it's a uh, synthetic version of uh, something. Anyway. The, the poor guy's up there, and it's in the 50s. <laughs> Mr. Okay, we'll change the subject by cars. Mr. Hummer got rid of Mr. Hummer's Hummer. Oh, oh really? Yeah, the, Mr. Hummer's Hummer. Uh, had a uh, moon roof in it, yeah. and uh, we have had something falling from the skies for about Trees. Uh, the, the last 30 days, <laughs> and uh, they could never stop the lick. It'd get in, and not only would the outside have a couple of inches of rain, but the inside would have the same. And uh, he took it and took it and took it and finally said, I ain't tooken it no more. So he got rid of his big black Hummer that he really liked. Uh, I say he really liked it. I think ultimately it gotten to be a pain in the ass, not only from the leaky uh, moonroof, but also just those are big. Yeah. What was, what was it, an H2, the one that was based on the Suburban platform? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, good Lord. Uh, yeah. But well, anyway. Talk, I thought when you, you – I realized now you're talking about rain, but – trees are falling too oh yeah and uh i got a chuckle the other day because a friend of mine had an old honda accord that just had a gazillion miles on it tornado actually went down the middle of his street and nailed a neighbor's tree and the tree nailed his honda (laughs) and he was sitting there hit it again hit it again well no it's gone gone. (laughs) yeah it's gone you know we've had so much rain that that i really had intended on yeah, normally speaking, I can I could drive my Explorer down in the backyard and and yeah. put a load of whatever on my trailer and and uh, I my yard is so bad. I mean, my garden has gone to mush. Uh, Mine my, too. Well, my I summer squash is 
has rotted literally in the and, yeah. and uh, some kind of mold has attacked the the leaves and uh, it's just it's sad. Yeah. Well, my tomatoes I can't get them to turn red, but yeah. Green I wish I'd have brought you some. I, I, oh, mine do you? finally started. Wow, turning. green fried tomatoes! If I could just get the landlady to do that. Oh, I, I, and my okra has come through. Oh, oh, fried okra, man. Oh, man. Okay, here we go. <laughs> We're all in trouble on this one. I love that fried okra. Yeah, well, fried green tomatoes too. Good lord. Oh, Look. I got plenty of green tomatoes and uh, tomato sandwiches. With Duke's mayonnaise, some white bread. Oh, I had a I had a triple bologna sandwich this week. Three slices of bologna. And you're still in good health. You're still vertical. Uh, well, I I did I did almost five miles that day. <laughs> triple bologna. Did you have some slices of cheese in there? Uh, and a little lettuce. And a and couple slices of mayo, one slice of mayo. Okay. On side. Not, we're obviously somebody not talking bringing, cars at the no, moment. No, somebody bringing us breakfast this morning again. God, I wish. Yeah. Uh, oh, we got a lot to talk about today. I was going to ask you one quick question yes, regarding sir. tomatoes. Yes, sir. Now, this is just my personal thing. I, there's nothing better in the world than a good fresh tomato. Beef steak. Yeah. And there's nothing worse than one from the grocery store that just looks like a tomato but has no taste. Right. But I must say, and maybe it's just my peculiarity, but I don't like warm tomatoes. I like them after they've been refrigerated. Oh, David, I take them right off the vine in the heat and eat them. I love them so much. I used to do that on the farm, and particularly yeah. cherry tomatoes. Oh, yeah. But uh, I just, I don't know. I've gotten this thing that I really like them chilled. Well, it's nothing wrong with that. But uh, there's, uh, we. Uh, oh, I got corn coming to Do you? Good. Yeah, that ought to be. Oh, wow. Corn. I had some corn chowder the other day with homemade ear corn, you know, just cut it off the ear. And I got a watermelon about it. Wow. Good Lord. Next thing we're going to have is fried chicken. You got <laughs> you like hot peppers? No. Oh. Not, I do, but, I, but um, my gastroenterologist doesn't like them. Or like me to like them. Anymore. I hate to break away from our uh, vegetable gardening, but we'll get back to cars right after this. <laughs> Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. Hi, this is Kate Copsey, inviting you to listen year-round to America's Homegrown Veggie Show every Saturday at 10 a.m. This is Michael Gannot with the Middle East Research Center Limited, bringing you insight to Israel, the truth about the greatness of the Jewish state and its struggle for sovereignty and security every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Did the light turn green and you're still sitting there? It might be time to take your car to Mr. Transmission and let the experts with over 45 years of experience check your transmission. Mr. Transmission of Sandy Springs is conveniently located between Steak and Shake and Sandy Springs Car Wash at 6569 Roswell Road. Look for the yellow and black Mr. Transmission sign or call 404-843-3379. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Okay, we're back on the uh, Classic Car Vegetable Gardening Show, and we're, we're just segueing into our, 
our America's Homegrown Veggie Show that we got right, coming we, up yeah, at well, 10. But we should have started or done that at a quarter after or quarter of nine then. <laughs> I don't know what that <laughs> Anyway. Uh, well, we've, we've had some discussions and our esteemed colleague uh, Steve has also had his opinions of things. But I have just read an article in Hemmings. Uh, in the August issue by Richard Lentinello. And Richard, this is the regular Hemmings magazine, the the Bible, the motor news. It comes about three-quarters of an inch thick every month. And Richard also writes for Sports and Exotic Car. And I I met him at the AACA annual meeting. But he has written a bit of an editorial about buying at auctions. (laughs) <laughs> and um, I, I think it's incredibly well presented, and I wanted to share it with our listeners today because I know a lot of folks go to auctions. I remember when I was young and didn't know any better and waved at somebody across an auction and ended up buying a pair of shocks for a Porsche 911. So, you were lucky that was all. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I'd like to quote Richard here and share some of the information Um title is Buying at Auctions, and he writes, believe it or not, there's some truly great deals to be had at auctions. And he mentions back in April he attended an auction, was amazed at how many affordable vehicles that could be bought there. Okay, now, okay, that would be an auction uh, like in a small rural town? Or no, 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 no. Huh? He's talking one of the big professional auctions. Son of a gun. Yeah, yeah, probably one of the top five in the country. Wow. So... Uh, did you know that? Did I know what? That you could get deals at that. Uh, I don't places. do auctions anymore, David, and uh, I'm sure you can. I think you just have to be very astute, and Richard goes into that, and I'd like to share that with everybody. So he goes on and says all the major auction houses regularly offer many really good deals at their auctions. So this falsely circulated claim that you can't find any cheap cheap cars at auctions anymore is absolutely untrue. Sure, all the big money cars always grab the spotlight and the media's attention, but that doesn't mean that there aren't any cars for the common man man to be had for less than market value. There are. We've seen them across the auction block many times. In order to find that deal of your dreams, first you need to do your homework thoroughly and properly. Otherwise, you may get stuck with an overpriced lemon. So here are a few important worthwhile tips on what to do and not to do. And this is very good. And the first one is inspection. And Richard writes, you need to inspect the cars that you are interested in buying closely. Now, notice he doesn't say one car, it's cars. Take notes on their condition, what parts are not correct or are broken, and if he's available, talk to the owner about its history and roadworthiness. Now, let me back up a minute and mention one thing. I'm not only talking about the outside of the car, I'm talking about the inside of the car, underneath the car, in the engine compartment, and in in the trunk. If your owner's available, talk to him about its history and roadworthiness. This will better help you decide if you really want it and the maximum amount you would want to bid for it. And that's very important 
because I call it the ether effect because sometimes you ether yourself and buy something. (laughs) He says, get there early. Don't wait until the main auction day, which is usually Saturday, to find any bargains. As this is the day that's reserved for the top money cars. The most affordable deals always take place on the first day of a multi-day auction. For a one-day auction, they're usually the first batch of cars across the block. Be realistic. And this is important. Don't expect to buy a Conqueror's quality car for half its current value. Although that can and does happen from time to time, but very rarely. Cars that are fairly inexpensive and tend to need work, but most of that usually comes down to new paint and chrome plating, and we both know that those two items are very expensive. Uh, to get a good paint job today, you've got to start at at least $12,000. And we've talked about this the last few weeks. So, Richard writes, check the numbers. When it comes to muscle cars and Corvettes, the VIN reveals exactly what that car is supposed to be, how it was originally built. In many cases, if that first number is a 6, that means the car was originally built with a 6-cylinder engine. So an authentic muscle car, it is not. Bring along a friend who's more knowledgeable when one of the many books that have been published on the subject. I'm sorry, I I miss. Bring along a friend who's more knowledgeable when it comes to such production details or buy one of the many books that have been published on the subject and read up on the facts beforehand. This is very, very important when it comes to vehicles like 356 Porsches that have just gone through the roof, especially speedsters. And I'll just give everybody uh, a tip. If you're interested in buying a 356 Porsche, you need to join the 356 registry, and you need to also take a look at some of the books that have been published on 356s and what to look for, and that's probably one of the most comprehensive vehicles to find information for out there today. Uh, There's a lot of books written on them, and they're very thorough. Okay, next thing. Know your limit. If you only have $15,000 to spend, don't bid higher than $13,500 because at most auctions there's a 10% buyer's premium that you will have to pay atop the final bid. A lot of people don't realize that, but that is something that's very important because you're standing there with all your money or you've got all your money in your bank account and all of a sudden you've bid all your money and then you've got a 10% on top of it. At some auctions it's only an 8% fee, but whatever it is, know beforehand, otherwise you can quickly get in over your head. And once that gavel comes down and you're the last hand waving, <laughs> that car is yours no matter what. So just remember that. Stand clear. When bidding, don't hide in the back where your bid might not be seen. Go up front when you know the lot number you're interested in is about to cross the block. Be firm and assertive during your bidding and listen and watch carefully what's going on. Stay off your cell phone and concentrate on the bidding process. And the other thing is don't get 
all wound up with one of the auction people trying to wind you up to bid. All right, here's something else, and this came up a couple of times we've talked about, and this is in big black letters in Richard's column. Don't get drunk. All too often we see bidders who are way too intoxicated. Just because you get five free drinks with your bidder's <laughs> pass doesn't mean that you need to consume those five drinks. At one time. At one time, yeah. I would say I'd wait till after you bought the car, then have the five drinks. But don't um, drive it home. Yeah, no, well, no, most of those cars are, are, are go home on transporters or, or shippers. A solid and straight frame of mind can save you lots of money. And this is very important, too, and this brings up one of our sponsors, J.C. Taylor. Get insurance immediately. If you end up buying a car at an auction, as soon as that gavel falls and that car is yours, you and only you are responsible for it. In most cases, if anything should happen to the car when it's driven back onto the field, if it gets scratched, dented, or has parts removed, it's not the auction company's responsibility, it's yours. So get it insured ASAP. And my recommendation is you call the insurance company ahead of time and tell them what you're bidding on and have them prepared and get someone's name at the insurance company and say, I'm looking at buying this 1931 Model A 400 Cabriolet. And, you know, I, I, it'd be interesting to ask Bob. Yeah. Tell us about this because we should uh, have him back on. Yeah, we should. Uh, but I can't speak for for Taylor. I can only speak for my insurance company. Yeah. And I've just made it a practice um, in my four hundred years that I call them in advance that I'm going to be changing cars and I'm I oh, think I'm going yes. to buy the and they they immediately put a binder on yes. it so I'm already covered yes. without having to call them and say I just bought That's, a. The B word, binder. Binder. I have done that, too. Yeah. And uh, and I would imagine Taylor would do the same oh, thing. I, they, I'm, they, I'm going to an auction. Right. I, I'm thinking I'm going to limit myself to spending 60000 bucks, And uh, and I'm looking for an A400 yeah. or an SJ. Well, you can't get an SJ. And I'm, I'm sure that, they'd, they'd uh, put a binder on it in a heartbeat. Yeah. So you are you're immediately yeah. covered. And then you can call if it takes a day or two days. Well, actually, what I would do if I, when the minute I signed that agreement at the auction, I'd be on the cell phone to J.C. Taylor. No, I'd be at the bar drinking those five. Well, I drinks. know, but so. but here I'm going to bring up another one. Um, collector car, '67 Alfa Romeo GTV. They're they're called a step nose. They're going up in value rapidly, and someone was coming back from the convention in San Francisco a couple of weeks ago and got rear-ended. Hmm. Now, unfortunately, they were insured with one of those insurance companies that advertises on television. <laughs> and wear white? And, uh, no, the guy wears khakis at, ah. at 3 a.m. But he's having a horrible time. I bet he is. And... Uh, I'm I'm reading about it because he's posting it on the bulletin board, on the Alpha <laughs> bulletin board, and it's just uh, you, you cringe when you think about that. So that's why it's important, I think, 
if you're going to have specialty cars, you get specialty insurance. Well, uh, you know, that, and that's that's sense. not a, it is a plug for J.C. Taylor, but there's other insurance companies too that I'm sure guys insure their cars with. Nah, it's all there. Better Taylor. not be. Yeah. <laughs> but you understand you what hear I'm that saying. Ticking under your car now. Yeah. <laughs> but my point is, a lot of people don't realize this when they go. And the, I, I would and, think. And the other thing, too, David, is you need to take somebody knowledgeable along if you're going to go look at yeah, a I car. Yeah, I think you're addressing first-time buyers. I I, I would yeah. say that 99.9% well, of the people that have been there and done that. I, I, I'd still, because you may want to switch brands. You may want to go from a a, a Chevy Impala SS, and, and you think, oh, my dad had a had a a, a Dodge Royal Lancer. But you ought to take somebody along that understands that. Even today, I would take somebody along on any brand of car just because I get I ether myself quicker than, than – and that's without the drinks. That's just because so, you're old? No, it's just because I get emotional about some cars. But my understanding – Well, at your age, you got to get emotional about something that ain't sex. <laughs> oh, gee. Okay. All right. I hope our listeners understand that I wear my uh, asbestos suit every day because David gives me rapid fire. Ah, poor thing. Anyway, we'll be back. We're going to take a short one, literally, uh, talk about J.C. Taylor coming back. Think about the oil industry, folks. I need your help. Well, we need your help. We've got to get this thing turned around, and we've got to get it turned around quickly. We'll be back right after this. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. This is Michael Gannett with the Middle East Research Center Limited, bringing you insight to Israel, the truth about the greatness of the Jewish state and its struggle for sovereignty and security every Sunday at 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hi, everybody. It's Don Zabkar, your host for Who Knew? We air Mondays 2 to 3 on America's Web Radio and then occasionally throughout the week. We've got some great subjects. This administration or this regime, as you know, is providing us with great material. So stay tuned. Check us out. America's Web Radio. It's Who Knew with Don Zapkar. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. Okay, we're back. I told you that was going to be a short break, and it was a short break here on America's Web Radio and the classic car show with Mr. Jim Weber. And the missing. And the missing Steve Ronaldo. Steve. <laughs> May he rest in. No. I'm no, sorry. he's up there freezing right now. Um, we were talking, and I'm, I'm just going to reinforce two things with, with buying a car at the auction. Do your homework and take somebody knowledgeable with you if you don't feel comfortable, but you really have to do your homework, especially on the muscle cars, and then check the numbers. At, at the uh, BJ, and that we know what that stands for, um, do, is there an inspection time? How does that work? Can you go out and, if it's on the ground, can you look under it, look over oh, yeah. it, lift the hood? Well, and, that's why they, he and, says, go, go do your homework ahead of time before you bid on the car, and if the owner of the car is there, talk to him. I mean, when you watch the show with Wayne Carini, I mean, sometimes he is there with the owner 
and there's other people, like when he sells a Cobra or a GT350 or a Ferrari or something for somebody, or even for himself, and he can tell you what they've done on it. I mean, most of these guys that are dealers are pretty professional. Um, and, and when you get into the high realm, like the RM auction and Gooding, where they're doing the high, you know, the million dollar to $30 million cars, you really need to make sure what you're bidding oh, on. Oh, yeah. I think you got your brother mechanic with you and, and well, uh, everything else. Well, your brother mechanic, but the, the brother historian. Yeah. And the oh, guy yeah. and, and the six volumes of books that you're doing, because most of those VIN numbers, because the last thing you want to do is buy one of the 42 of the 39 GTOs yeah. that were built. Yeah, <laughs> my, mine would have been, been the 43rd, actually. Yeah, or, or the 15th of the original 12 yeah. McLaren Mark 6Bs. <laughs> so that's that's the important thing. But you, you get into 356 Porsches. I, I mean, I'm not an authority on those, but I've had some. And people are – they want the certificate of authenticity from the factory – on how the car was built originally. And originality is the big thing now, which is why there's some original cars that aren't overly restored or Pebble Beach restored today that people want to buy because they're buying it as investments. Well, you can get proof of authenticity in the car. You just can't get it in the White House. But other than that, (laughs) Here we go. Um, Talking about cars and and resource documents and things like that and clubs and whether it be the Ferrari Club of America or the Porsche Club of America or the American MGB Club or the MGT Register, they're all important sources of documentation and authenticity. And the Model A Restorers Club, there's two Model A clubs and they're both very good, but that's the one that comes to mind. And it's so important today to follow up on any purchase that you make to make sure after you purchased it that it's what you wanted to purchase. So think about that for a minute. Uh, Going back to Richard Lentinello, he also writes, as I mentioned, besides for Hemmings Motor News, he writes for Hemmings Sports and Exotic Car. And he has a great column in the September Sports and Exotic about collecting books. And uh, I've been collecting car books ever since I was a kid. In fact, I think one of the first books I bought in the 50s was from Auto Books out in California. And it was the Bugatti book. And it was the original one. And, of course, there have been many written since then. And uh, Hugh Conway is done some and there's been registries where you can trace the history and the serial numbers of these cars and the long line of succession and if you're getting into the high dollar cars you really need to do that but even today if you want to buy a Camaro or you you look at at Plymouth's Ford's any of those you make sure that what you're buying is what you want and you're getting what you want. So, because a lot of these cars are not cars today that you just buy and drive, they're investments to people because they are going to appreciate. They're not building any more 56 Chevys or 57 Chevy Corvettes. Um, 
Richard, I'm going back to Richard for a minute because he talks and he's he is a big Triumph collector. He's according to his column, he's got four of them, but he talks about and I can relate to this, although I'm older than Richard. But when I started buying books, and he talks about the first three car books he bought. The first one was the story of Triumph Sports Cars. The second was Mark Donahue's Unfair Advantage, and the third was the Cobra story. And he also has most of the issues of Automobile Quarterly, which are very good. And then he talks about his all-time favorite books, and one is the Alfa Romeo Veloce, The Racing Juliettas. And then the next one is Ferrari, The Man, The Machine, A Century of Automotive Style, Collector's Originality Guide, and then he goes into Triumph Books, Maserati Sports Racing and GT Cars, and the American Hot Rod, and Bugatti. But vying for the number one slot is a toss-up between Touring Superleggera and the Immortal 2.9. And the Immortal 2.9 is now in its second, uh, I guess, edition. The first edition I have, the second I have not gotten. And also there's one called the HC2300 Alpha, which uh, I know one HC2300 has been redone three times, including an original Touring car chassis and then shortened into a Zagato body and then made into a Monza. So all this stuff goes on out there. And then there's guys that take the engine from one and the frame from another, and they make two separate cars. And so you you really have to be careful with whatever you buy, whether it be at an auction or, obviously, private party sales. So, Do you with, think there's uh, still a barn, barn car? Uh, yeah, there? they come up. They're just newer cars that are barn finds now. Um, there was one, that, uh, Porsche 912, a 1966 65, production, but 66 title. It was found in a barn that um, one of the uh, detailers did a, a video on recently. Do you just I drive saw. down and drive in the country and well, I stop and say, hey, what's in your barn? <laughs> well, you could try that, but sometimes today you may get somebody's dog, well, or somebody's dog takes as your calf for lunch as you're running away. <laughs> and he grabs a hold of the muscle on the back of your leg. And so, you know, and there's been books written. Tom Cotter's written two or three books. The Cobra in the Barn, I think, is one of them. And uh, he talks about barn finds and things like that. So, yeah, I think most of the rare stuff has been accounted for. Because I wouldn't even care if it was rare. I I would just like to, you know, it'd just be neat to find something that, and and not like some of the things that are totally, you know, the rats have eaten everything and the and the paint job's gone and you can barely identify it as a four wheel car, you know, something that's had the tarp on it and been. Well, this, you know. I mean, this Porsche, it had a lot of mold inside. It was covered, but it was yeah. full of dust and cat fur and stuff like that. And the guy went through the detailing of it, and he took two days to do it. And he didn't want to wash it because all of the gasketing around hmm. had deteriorated because it was natural rubber back in the 60s. So he basically steamed it. 
hmm. and wiped and steamed at the same time. How did he get it in his kitchen? <laughs> no, he's he's a professional detailer. Huh. It's on the drive blog, I guess, or drive channel or what. I guess, too, if, if you <laughs> took a bucket of water and soap and started trying to wash it, 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 with all that dust on it, it'd act like sandpaper almost. Yeah. Well, so I guess you have to really be careful. Yeah, that's why he steamed it doing. and wiped it with microfiber towels. I mean, we used to use pure cotton bath towels, and and when I would detail a car back in the no wonder your sixties and seventies, I used a lot of used cotton diapers. Now, don't even make any comment about that, David. But they were laundered before I but used. Would them. I say say any? It'd but, be my luck that I they'd come back with starch in them. Uh, <laughs> Well, anyway, uh, this gentleman that I think Ammo is the name of his company. He's a detailer, and he went up and, and he did a. It's on YouTube about a thirty-minute discussion about how how he did it and why, and some of the things he he did are different than me. And of course, I learned back in the fifties. And if you had a, a car back in the fifties that was oxidated, the paint because there were no base coat clear coats back then, and most of them were shot with enamel, uh, you washed it. And if you had a lot of stuff on it still, I used Kama Cleanser to clean it. Yeah. And But there was no clay back then either. We didn't have clay bars. When, uh, oh, was it was about the early to mid-60s that lacquers came in? Oh, no, no, no. Lacquers were in the 20s. They used to brush really? lacquer on cars. So when they painted a car in the 20s, it was with a brush. Yeah. And and the windows were Isenglass. Oh, I remember that. And so were Isenglass. The first time I ever heard that term was in with with regard to a Bell & Howe movie projector. Wow. Wow. And there was a piece of Isenglass in there. Yeah. And... Yeah. If you go, or it used to be at the Henry Ford Museum, there was a car that was all original from the 20s that was was varnished or huh. or painted with lacquer. And uh, most guys shoot lacquer, shoot thin, and it's like 10 or 15 or 20 coats. Well, oh, yeah, my GTO. The, yeah. Uh, the, you remember the gold-colored GTO? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, we put, oh, my God, we spent... But the nice thing about lacquer was, though, that you could just do it and redo it and redo it and redo it. And yeah. there was not a big time lag in between yeah. coats. And, yeah. uh, oh, geez. And it just got prettier and prettier. Oh, I. And, I, you know, what are the, the, you could see yourself four feet deep or something, you know. I, I had a, a, a friend who's no longer with us that had an MGTD that he did in black. It, well, it was black originally, and he, he reshot it in black. And he spent days and days on that. And I remember you could put your arm in the black paint all the oh, way yeah. up to your elbow. It was just beautiful. And I saw... Well, okay, it? now, okay, you said an MGTD, he yeah. did that? Yeah. So he had to strip it down because they came with enamel and you couldn't you I, couldn't put no, lacquer I, on top I, I of enamel. What, I don't know what the finish was on an MGTD. I really don't. Well, I, I would bet dollars to donuts it was yeah. enamel originally. Yeah. Uh, I, and you sure as hell can't put lacquer on top of enamel. No, 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 no. Um, but it was it was done beautifully. Oh, I bet. And uh, he leave the car behind where we could. You know. Oh, he's been gone since the 70s. 
I'd love to find a barn find. Well, I don't know what happened to them, mm. but it, it's just uh, it's an art. And but today, well, I, I've got a friend that just shot his Morgan in the garage. Yeah. So, and a mother-in-law maybe a Morgan. But, I, but he's our age. <laughs> he's our age, and he's he's like me. We're old school. We're going to take a break. We're going to take another quickie for uh, J.C. Taylor. We'll be back Beautiful. right after this. Are you into classic cars? Do you own a classic car? If so, you need to know J.C. Taylor Insurance, the absolute best place in the country for classic car insurance. They own classic cars, they support the industry, and have the best prices bar none. Go to jctaylor.com, get a quote, and tell them you heard about them on Radio Sandy Springs. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the old timers, uh, classic car. <laughs> yeah, I can't, you know, the stuff yeah. you can't do anymore because yeah. it's but gone. people, people, you know, some out of necessity, some out. Of, we were talking about gardening earlier, and uh, you know, a lot of people worked on their cars as their stress relief, and uh, yeah. sometimes cars made you stressful. But oh, I got one um, like that right now. <laughs> uh, but I mean, you know, it was. Uh, I. I, I as a kid, I say a kid, teenager, I know, you know, there were times that I did stuff on the car that it pissed me off because I wanted to be someplace else <laughs> instead of having to work on my car. But I can also remember times uh, working in my grandfather's garage on a car called, can you imagine this in Lubbock, called, and uh, in the middle of winter, February or something, that's why I was in his garage was it heated um, no was but, the wind blowing across the prairie <laughs> were you in lubbock texas yes that answers that yes question. Yeah, uh, yeah. you get matchbooks from tucan carry yeah. new mexico <laughs> but uh you know I, I i can remember one sunday afternoon i went over and you know i had my 18 layers of clothes on and that and no jeeper creeper. I just was laying on the concrete floor, and that cold would finally penetrate through everything. Yeah. But you'd lose yourself, and the time would just fly. You know. Oh yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Did, were you alone? Yeah. Oh yeah. See, I, I do everything I, alone. Yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, I've got friends. Uh, I see. That's that, the difference. That we, I have no friends. Well, that we used to do stuff together, and. and You'd freeze, but you didn't care. No. Yeah. The only time you'd care is when you'd hit your hand or, or bang your hand oh, yeah. against something well, using but a But didn't you have the gloves socket. with the just the tips of the fingers? Gloves? There. And, you, and, and from, like, the first gloves? knuckle down? Okay. All right. All right. Wusses had gloves. Okay. Well, yeah, but sometimes wusses were smarter. <laughs> That's probably true. Yeah, That's probably, yeah they, I, they I can't were, argue they that. They were smart wusses. Um, the, to me, the enjoyment of it is doing it with someone, and that's that's the way I look at it. Uh, I was never a good Tom Sawyer. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't convince somebody to come over and and well, work on my car yeah. with me for hours. I, I, on you end. know, I've done a 
couple things with Steve, and I've done a lot of things alone. And uh, I've done some things with my children, detailing cars and things. But uh, I got a chuckle on the air. This Thunderbird is driving Steve crazy. <laughs> he is just because <laughs> he wants to get to work on his Maxwell, and I'm talking out of school now, but it's. I know it's driving him crazy. I, you know, I, I never, uh, I always liked the 55, 56, 57 Thunderbirds. Yeah. Never had one. And, and I was mostly from a distance, you know. Yeah. But I never anticipated, I would have never guessed the stories that that Steve has related as far as, far as quality and and uh, or lack thereof and well, all the different things that the yeah, problems it, that he's had. As I, I talked on the show a long time ago, I remember riding my bicycle by the firehouse and the guys always had the ball game on at night and uh, baseball back yeah. in the 50s. And I remember there was one fireman that bought a 55 Ford Fairlane 500 and he's got it on the side at the in the afternoon, late afternoon, and he's there with a Phillips head screwdriver, and he's tightening every screw on, <laughs> on the door panels and inside. And Fix then, or repair daily? A brand new car. Fix or repair but, but daily? But he said, I, I just, I always go through my cars, whether it's Ford, Chevy, or hmm. Chrysler product. But, yeah, he'd uh, be there, and he'd be doing the the check on the car after the delivery. Well, today... With the quality, I mean, there are no bad cars today. They're all good cars. Some of them have a nuance. Some of them are recalled, but that recall is basically insurance to make sure everything's right. But the point is, you don't have to do that today with an automobile. And uh, you had to do it years ago, even 50s, 60s, because they ran them down the assembly line, 70s. The same. And, <laughs> and look what happened to all those jerks. They took Detroit right down the tube, and it's well, bankrupt. I'll tell you, there was a bunch of imports, too. That I can remember back in the 50s when Chrysler and GM would go on strike and uh, the demands. And even as a kid, I mean, and a young kid, I why... It didn't ever calculate with me or, or, you know, why should these be these people be promised something 20 years from now? Well, that or I can't 30 answer, years. but I, I do remember people saying you never want to buy a car built on Monday or Friday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember that well, <laughs> yeah, too. Yeah, and uh, I remember I had a friend whose uncle always went to Lansing and picked up his Oldsmobile at the factory. Yeah. Yeah. And I I. You could even stand, if you knew the right folks and right way to hold your mouth, stand and watch your car being built. Yeah, well, today you can do that with a Corvette. You pay for it. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, you go up there to Bowling Green, and then you take delivery in the delivery center after you watch it. I think it's like four or 500 bucks extra. Corvettes aren't cars. They're they're your bank account, if you were to do that. No, they're reasonably priced. 48, 50? Yeah. Well, competitive stuff is 70 to 100. And you have to go to Germany to look at that or someplace else to, to Japan. Korea. Well, <laughs> maybe the Genesis Coupe, but I don't think so. It's nowhere yeah. near a Corvette. It doesn't have the power and the handling. Yeah. 
It's got Brembo brakes, though. But, uh, you know, it's just I I remember working in in imported car dealerships and domestics in the 50s and 60s while I was going to school. And a mechanic would take probably a half a day to prep a car. Really. And as far as as recently as the mid-90s, one brand of vehicle that I used to see come into the Port of Brunswick, the factory assembly line ended at the Port of Brunswick because <laughs> you'd go into the delivery shop there and all the dashes would be out of them. Wow. And that was a high-dollar vehicle then. So, But that stuff's corrected. I mean, we're, we're, we're 2013. Okay, well, well, let me ask you. Correction is the word that you just used, correct? Yeah. Correction. Is that because we've taken the man out of it and put the robot into it? A lot of it. But all of it is the man that's designed it, that's put the specs on it, that the man tests the components when they come into the factory to go on the cars, too. Interestingly enough, I'm not arguing with you, but interestingly enough, there's something else that, that I find absolutely Incredible and way beyond my pay grade is the uh, the 3D and the computerized uh, ability to engineer something oh, and, yes. and test it without it ever being tested. Well, Ford's got a prototype set up now that they've just put together that there's a video on that they can make prototype parts, whereas we used to have to do the drawings of them. Before CAD, you did them by hand. They were draftsmen then, but they were basically engineers. They called draftsmen that would draw the part out. And then you'd take it to a prototype shop, and then you'd take it to a gauge shop, and somebody would make the gauges to make sure that that part fit right. And that gauge would go right on the line. But today, here's another thing. Certain manufacturers, you can stop the assembly line. And I believe Toyota in Georgetown, Kentucky, was the first one to do that. So they can actually stop the assembly line. You could do that before. They just have one car running into the next one. Well, no, <laughs> not quite. But, uh, yeah, yeah, a lot of it's that, but also a lot of it's the engineering aspects. It's incredible. By the way, yes, there is a new term in the driving, if you're driving around, and it's called – the Jim Weber phenomenon. And, uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I wanted to bring this up because many times since last week, and I start waving at people and calling. I just stick my head out the window and, and call him a Jim Weber. You're a Jim Weber. <laughs> I have had more incidents in the past week since your soapbox about people not using that right or the stick on the left-hand side of the steering column. <laughs> they don't signal for turns. Yeah. They just, you know, I I'm going to do whatever I want. Yeah, go across two lanes. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is they're still texting. That. Oh, yeah. I had a lady the other oh, day. Oh, good Lord. She, I, you know, in fact. It was on my street, and I was pulling out of my driveway, and here she comes down the middle of the road. She never saw me sitting there, 
head down with her thumbs going like crazy. I just looked at her. I, I you know, just. Well, and then they up. get mad at you for looking at them. Well, she no, she never paid any attention. She never oh. knew. She wasn't even on the street. She yeah. was. Uh, what what's the term in the clouds now or something? Yeah, well, I, she uh, was. She was on the moon. <laughs> she oh, had no idea where she was, but. Uh-huh. But my point being is that uh, the new term, folks, if you get behind somebody that doesn't use their turn signal, <laughs> just call them a Jim Weber. That's J-I-M-W-E-B-E-R. Uh, and folks, by the way, this is my last radio show. <laughs> <laughs> Until next week. No, no, no next week I'm next at the week. Street Rod Nationals. Yeah. The, the week, week after. after that I'm in the ballpark. Two weeks you're going to miss? Yeah, well, I, I got the All-Star Game. We're hosting the All-Star Game. New York so, Penn League All-Star Game in Norwich, Connecticut. Well, you can call in. Give me your number and I'll call you. That's what I'm afraid of. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, well, somehow we'll endure. Yeah, we'll, we'll um, survive. You brought up a point today, though, and you used a term that is an old term that I don't think a lot of people even think of today, and that's a binder. You get a binder from your insurance company. You call J.C. Taylor and say, hey, I, I just bought this Stearns Knight, or I'm going to go bid on this Stearns Knight, and I'll provide you the VIN, but I want you to know I'm doing this, and can you put a binder on that? You know, I'm sure without a doubt that uh, J.C. Taylor people will bend over backwards, sideways, up one side and down the other and all that. I know my company that I do because I don't have classic cars, but the company that I use USAA, and they have always been just as nice. I mean, no problem. I thank yeah. God I've never had a problem after I bought a car. But at the same token, they have been, um, yes, sir, no, sir, and, you know, you're covered. And and I have been told, because I've been with them so long, that I was covered even without calling them. Uh, no, I did, wouldn't do that. Could but. you could you insure a horse and buggy? I didn't <laughs> know you could do that. Uh, <laughs> I'm just giving you a dose of your well, own. Ask medicine. George. <laughs> George and I used to do a lot of things uh, with his wooden teeth, and you know, we'd, we'd insure anything, get anything insured. No, it was it. It you know, you get what you pay for. Yeah. I personally don't think I pay outrageously for my insurance. But they've always been a very, very good company to deal with. So USAA, you just got a free plug, the uh, bills in the mail, and I'm sure my checks in the mail. And well, and uh, Jim, it's been a pleasure as always. Thank you, David. I hope your garden grows. And uh, <laughs> I think it's gone, David. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll see you in uh, three weeks, I reckon. Well, for me, I, I'm not sure when the bro cream kid's back, but I want to thank our listeners for listening. Absolutely. And podcasting. Uh, yes. A lot of folks download the shows. Yep. Uh, they've said something about using it for a laxative, so however they well, use it, it's well, fine with us. All I can say is, David, it's truly been a pressure. <laughs> Talk to you later. Take care.